whistle blows and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars. Bobby scores. The good old hockey game. Oh, good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. All right, kids, here we go. Tis a big game day. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot, one of our favorites, our pal. Sorry, Steve. Am I serious? I call you Steve. Okay. I, I, I didn't really notice that before, but that's fine. Well, when I'm trying to make a serious point, Steve, it's Ballpark Frank. Always was Ballpark Frank. Always will be Ballpark Frank. On Twitter, he's VGK Frank. He's ballpark to me. He's Frank Harms. One of the best. So deal with it. You're like, well, he's DJ Gaffer. Like, it's a big deal. No. So, I answer to a lot of things. You answer to ballpark. I answer usually what people call me. I've been called a lot worse no matter which one it is. When I was first became ballpark Frank, Twitter wasn't around. So Yeah, well, <laughs> ballpark works for me. I mean. Some people call I, me BP, BPF, ballpark. You know, you know, hockey rink doesn't sound good. Yeah. I mean, TC wanted me wanted me to be the icebox because the refrigerator is in Chicago, and I'm like, no, that's not happening. With the icebox, though, it sounds good. Yeah. I'm, I'm hungry. <laughs> uh, all right, here's the deal. We got some little business, very quick, but we're really excited about said business. Okay, it's a game day. John Smith Subs, 9701 West Flamingo. 20% off. Get a bunch of subs, and the fries are great. Stevie can attest to that. Yes. Feed yourself. You have to cook. Sit down. Be ready for the game. It's an earlier start. A sub, fries, and a drink. It's the hat trick special, 20% off. Screaming just, deal. Just just say hat trick special. Hat trick special. You're good All go. you got to do. All right. Adam S. Kuttner on the power play. You get a chance to win. Tickets to a future game. It was a punchline in game one, but in game two, people won. <laughs> right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Almost won twice. Almost. I mean, at first goal, That's it was 15 seconds You after. brought up a great point. I heard you yesterday. <laughs> it wasn't a power play goal, but it was because they had tilted the ice on. And when they're home, spin the wheel of terrible hurts. The VGK game day giveaway is a $1,000 prize pack. It's been a great promotion all year long. Now, very quickly, I cannot be more excited to tell the folks that are out there a semblance of normalcy. Monday night, Game 5, Club Madrid, Sunset Station, a hockey watch party. The room's awesome. We're going to see so many friends that we have missed. I mean, honestly, I'm just turning the clock back to March 15th or whatever it was last year. We were in the middle of... I think we were like game eight or nine of our 10-game hockey thing. In fact, they were in Minnesota. Yeah. Right? Yep. It yes, shut down. Yep. That was all she wrote. Absolutely right. And we're doing a hockey watch party on We've Monday. Come full circle. I guess, you know. <laughs> but it, and it's going to be a great time seeing a lot of faces we haven't seen. Now, the odd dynamic, and I talked to Chuck Esposito about this for, for weeks and months, once we're close and good to go, we always did, for the most part, might have done one or two home playoff parties. But we said, 
don't rule out the home games, right? There are 9,000 going, which means there are 9,000 that would be going that are looking for something to do. So if you're looking to go out and have a good time, come join us, Club Madrid. Doors open at 6, all right, on Monday night. We'll have prizes for you, food and drinks, specials, all the good stuff. So it's going to be a great time. Another odd dynamic is it kind of signals getting back toward normalcy, and yet there's nothing normal about the whack-a-moles who are going to be there. No, there's a lot of wing nuts. Oh, man, is it fun. <laughs> well, the, and, and a lot will be determined by where does the series stand by then. Yeah. So let's get to that. Well, it could, it could be a serious clinching game. One way or the other. Yeah. And, and again, I didn't say who, but yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, it, it could uh-huh. theoretically be, it could be the last game of the series. Or it could be the pivotal game five. Right. If Vegas yeah. lost yeah. the other night, I swear to God, as crazy as it sounds, if they'd have lost the other night, the sweep was very much in play. Yeah. Oh, I think so. So, it's like start over. And now Vegas got to find a way to win in a building. They just have not had a lot of success. Let's take care of some news and notes. Yesterday, right after we got off the air, you get this thing from the league. Did that happen while you were on the air yesterday in the afternoon about the false positives? Um, I don't remember seeing it while we were on the air, but we it were was, talking to BJ Armstrong. It was and mid. Stuff, it was so. like mid afternoon. Wait a minute. So I'm driving home, and I'm like, okay, so. The Golden Knights, another team, and some NBA teams. The indications were something's fuzzy here. That all that that happened, they believed it was false positives. So there was a ray of hope. But I'm driving home going, well, wait a minute. They're supposed to be flying there. If you're isolating guys, waiting for this, what are you going to do? Throw a second plane out here? So I'm I'm just sitting there going, how messed up was their travel? Okay. So it comes out it was false positives. DeBoer shows up, talks about the media with the media this morning. Turns out, you know, it was not a good thing. Nine guys were technically tested positive. So they're like, you know, the anvil just fell out of the sky and hit them. The hope was it was what it turned out to be. But while waiting to get said word, they had to stand around and wait. So they got in late. They Their travel plans were impacted. So distraction, maybe, you know, maybe it's not that big a deal. But there, certainly there were anxious moments for them yesterday. Morning skate. DeBoer was asked. There was no patch ready, no notion. They were asked about did they make the trip. And a classic coach answer. Their game time decisions. Well, you know, they could be having cookies and milk over on Pacioretty's patio and right before the game saying, yeah, he's not playing. So, I mean, we don't know. We still don't know. He didn't say yes or no. Did they make the trip? They're likely not going to go. Patrick Brown, I do believe, punches into the lineup. The one that was interesting, though, and I'll shut up and let you guys have at it, but Haig was on the ice working with the Black Aces after the morning skate, which would lead you to believe Holden gets a look tonight. So there's your there's your mini news update on all things Golden that, Knights. That's a little surprising to me. I, I have a question for you guys. Has Haig done anything wrong in the first two games? I, th- I thought he played okay in the first two games. Are they looking for a spark maybe or something? 
I, I, I would, it's not a definite. It's just it, yeah, well, it, it's, but, it's but, an indicator. Right. Right. It, 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 it's just what? It's a where there's smoke, there's fire yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't think anybody. anybody I don't think anybody was hideous. Do you? I'm, I, I don't think he was hideous by any stretch. But, you know, sometimes coaches want to change something up, especially in a building and on a road that uh, maybe you just want a little more veteran leadership out there. Put a fresh body in, get a different look. I mean, Pete DeBoer is going to do what Pete DeBoer wants. The, the false positive thing, it's like, what is it about? How are there still so many false positives out there? And that happened to Mark Andre Fleury earlier this year, too, right? Yes. That he tested positive on, for COVID, and then they said, oh, wait, it was a, Yeah, on a game day. And it's like, well, oh, wait, he, he doesn't have it. Wasn't like, that in Minnesota? I believe it was. I don't know. Maybe I it mean, was that trip where they went to Minnesota to St. Louis, and he was stuck in a hotel room the whole time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he talked about being there. So uh, that that's kind of alarming to me that there's still so many false positives that uh, and because Nets all tested positive twice. Yeah, for the second time, he's tested positive now. Then you have these other ones, guys that got vaccinated. What do they call them? Breakthrough cases. Got, um, yeah, guys that are they got vaccinated and they still get it. Well, right, well, and and the CDC did say that that just because you're it's it's like when you get the flu shot, exactly, it lessens your risk of getting the flu, and if you do get it, supposedly it's not nearly as bad. Right, you can still get COVID even if you've been vaccinated. Right. It's supposedly you won't be hospitalized or suffer some of the other stuff. Now, again, the people that don't care about COVID and never have are going to say, well, it's you only got a 99% chance that nothing's going to happen anyhow because it's just the flu anyway. So, I mean, all this politicizing and everything else that's going on out there. But, but no, I mean, there's, there's, there's still a lot of things going on. I'm still wondering what the hell the NHL is going to do with the Northern Division after the first two rounds if things don't open up. Well, you know what the, well, well, you know what they're going to do. I mean, I, 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 I would hope that was just worded in an odd fashion. The NHL's telling the Canadian government, we need an answer by June 1st. They're like, hit the bricks. Yeah, really? because we got, it, we got people stuck in their houses for months on end. I mean, and, and that's wrong, if you ask me. But the last thing they're worried about are hockey games. So... You think you know America? American teams going to go up there to play hockey? It's not happening. Not happening. No, they'll they'll bring them down here if they have to. And it, but 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 the other, the other issue with the uh, Vancouver and Calgary playing in the, in, the, in the North Division starting later. Now these guys got to make up those games. It's I, I don't understand. Wait, everything was later because they still had to finish off the the games with Calgary and Vancouver with the regular. The, wasn't there still a regular season game last night? But, but then the playoff but, game but, as but well. Here's the yeah, point. Yeah, yes, here's yes. the point. <laughs> Vancouver Calgary played yesterday. Winnipeg Edmonton played last night. Mm-hmm. So why the hell didn't they? Those two teams start three days ago. Well, yeah, and, and, and Montreal why, exactly. They, Montreal and Toronto could have done the same thing. Yes, that, that's what didn't make sense. If you're going to make them finish out their regular season, fine, let them do it, but. It doesn't mean that the other playoff games can't go on. Did anybody lose sleep over the fact that Vancouver and Calgary played yesterday and Winnipeg and Edmonton played last night? Everybody understands what happened. Those guys are finishing it out to get the money from their TV deal so they didn't leave money on the table. Nobody batted an eye. So why did you make Montreal and Toronto and Winnipeg and Edmonton wait when they could be getting ready for game three and now they're playing catch-up? I know the answer. I know the answer. (laughs) Because it's the NHL. Yeah, they they, they, do, they do so much stuff that the. I mean, we all love the game and yeah. we love the sport, but does anybody love the way the NHL runs things? No, 
I mean, you've been calling it a garage league since I've known you, and I've known you well over 20 years now. Sorry about that. And, and, and you're absolutely right about it. I mean, it's it, it, I love the game, but sometimes you look at what they do and they go, who the hell is running this stuff? Yeah. Agreed. I agree. I, I, I mean, Frank, I've, you know, the one thing, you know, with this stuff, if you're going to be a garage league, Embrace it. You know what I mean? I mean, don't be messing around. Have theme music. You know, I mean, run with it. Let's get on with it. And this should be the open for... Hey, Stanley Cup playoff action tonight brought to you by... The Islanders-Pens game. It goes to overtime. You're watching a game for three hours. It goes to overtime. They put the Golden Knights game on two channels. Where'd the Islanders game go? <laughs> we put little helicopters on Mars. We can't show two hockey games at the same time. I think it's pretty difficult. I think there might be a law or something against it. I don't in this town. I'm not sure. No, I. I, I hey, I got an idea. Let's let's see. Let's do an outdoor game in blazing sunshine. That'll work. Oops. NHL player safety. What was the hideous one? What was the one people went bananas about? I'm not remembering. It was a couple what, of weeks ago. What, people oh, were going oh, ballistic. W- Wilson on... Uh, Wilson's always polarizing. Uh, against the Rangers. And we're still waiting to see... Do they... You know, play this music when... Kadri's in the elevator. Is Muzak going up to meet with the player safety? Or they drop the anvil on him. Don't they? I mean, they they said that he's got to come and meet them. When when you have to come and meet them, it usually is dropping the anvil, pretty much. Well, he right? deserves the anvil. I mean, he definitely does. But Tom Wilson deserves something. He didn't even yeah, get suspension yeah. or anything. And they're like, well, because when he ragged out and threw Panarin down, it's the first offense that he's going. That's and, the and one. That's not. It's that's like, the one. It was when they slid. They punched. Uh, Bushnevich in the head. Yeah, he punched him in the head and took his stick and choked him. That he got the fine for, but then he ragged out and threw Panarin to the ice and started pumping him. Well, yeah, but the fine was for the first thing because the union and that doesn't let him go. Well, if if you do two offenses at the same time, then you can't be punished for the second one? They, They make no sense. Don't feel the need to rush. This song's eight minutes long. It's like the Inagata DeVita of Calliope music. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the Jack in the Box or something to pop oh, out. Or something. Yeah. I mean, I don't know exactly what that yeah, is. But no, how you always call it a garage off. league. It's like, you know, just because you're a garage league, there's a lot of garage bands that went on that were really good. It doesn't mean that you can't get better and, you know, change the with Google, the times and the be Google better. dolls were, I think, a garage band in Buffalo, weren't they? There's a lot of garage bands out oh, there. yeah. Wasn't I mean I, I thought some of the Seattle bands like Pearl Jam and Nirvana and some of them yeah. didn't they? I I know way back in Chicago, Styx years ago started out in a garage. The first time I saw Styx, I saw them at the Crystal Lake driving for fifty cents and a can of food. Yeah, every and they moon, were the second band on the bill. Every every <laughs> blue moon, and, and it's like you happen to you got to be lucky to catch it on PBS when they'll they'll show some of the older bands that they're. Selling, you know the oh yeah yeah the oldie shows and this that and, and the other and the and the one the one I, the was, reunion I was tours. watching and it was like it was an ELO one and it, it was unbelievable and they were doing this they were going to do a concert in Toronto and I I went and I bought tickets they canceled the thing two days later I mean I was going it would have been good but it's about 
four months ago, it was Tommy Shaw. Oh. It wasn't Sticks per se. No. It was just him. No, no, not Tommy Shaw. Dennis DeYoung. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Who, who's like 77. Yeah, he still tours all the I'm time. I'm sorry. It was Dennis DeYoung. And I'm telling you, you're going, this guy's voice is unbelievable. It was like he covered every song. And I'm watching this thing on PBS going, man, is this guy an entertainer? I, I saw him at the South Point. I saw when, when Boston did their, what, their 40th or 50th anniversary tour mm-hmm. of the, you know, Boston's debut album. Dennis DeYoung actually opened for him, and I thought Dennis DeYoung was better than Boston because because they didn't have all the original members anymore. And every no, no matter what he does, and I've seen him a couple of times, he always does the same line. You know what the best thing about seven, being seventy one is nothing. He said it when he was sixty eight, sixty nine, seventy one. I mean, it it's, it's, just, it's the same it, stuff, it's, but it's it's funny, man. It sucks getting old, right? But like you said Boston. Remember when that album came out? Like, yeah. How much time did you spend? Like in your room, you know, in bed with the headsets on, listening to that. How unbelievable! See, I didn't was necessarily that do that, but when that album came out, since we're going down this road, I had my first car, a '67 Dodge Coronet 500. I had an eight-track player, mm-hmm. and I had two eight-tracks. I had Kansas Left Overture in Boston. So until the next payday came, that's what I listened to all the time. For- I saw Boston at the Aladdin Theater, and I was with a friend of mine, and I they were playing four-play long you time. You are old if you use the word theater. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what they used to call the Aladdin. I know. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm listening, and I go, wait, wait for it, wait for it, right there. And my friend's like, what? What? I'm like, that's where track three flipped over to track four. <laughs> and he's like, what? He goes, yeah, it was around there. I'm like, no, it was exactly there. Your first car was what? A 67 Dodge Coronet 500. My first car was a 72 Chrysler Newport. This thing was like a Bradley tank. That's what my Dodge Coronet was like. And it got like maybe nine miles to the gallon. Oh, yeah. What was your first car? 72 Pontiac Ventura. Listen to us. Mm. People are going... Are those guys drinking like vodka and Metamucil while they're doing the show? Yeah. yeah. No, my Prune my, juice for everybody. It ain't that bad yet. My second oldest brother gave me $100 because it cost me $250 to buy it, and I couldn't buy it, so he gave me my, my graduation present early I so I could my, buy the car. I think mine was 300 bucks. You know? Because I remember one day I went out to start it, and it was just click, click, because it was like, you know, 26 <laughs> below wind chill in Chicago, and I punched the side of the door. And a big chunk fell off because it had been an accident. And it was a lot of bondo, and I didn't know about it. And I came walking, and my dad's like, hey, what would you do there, Einstein? I'm like, oh, yeah. I, it went down in value so much. I paid $200 for the damn thing. <laughs> Back to the hockey, Frank. Yes. Kaprizov has been kind of quiet while, while he was here, but now you go up to Minnesota, and Everson has last line change. We're going to see more Kaprizov, you think? I I think we see more of him, but I think the Golden Knights have done a good job of him. When the most noticeable, most noticeable thing he's done in the playoffs was getting that penalty to, at the end of the last game that allowed Tuck to get that final uh, goal, which, by the way, I do think was more of, of a significant goal than a lot of people are giving it credit for. I'll tell you in a second, but but yeah, I, I think Kaprizov. I, I think they want to try to find a way to get him on track and have him do more stuff. I think he's trying, but I think Vegas is is got a pretty good plan to try to shut him down right now. But that last goal when they got that, first off, Minnesota was about to pull the goalie and do the six on five. Mm-hmm. Then he gets the penalty, and all of a sudden that's that shot. Right. They actually still kept Talbot in, but I thought the fact that. Even though they were going four on five and they were still playing like they did have the power play because they had to because they needed to score a goal, I think the fact that they got that goal against Talbot when it's three to one, it wasn't an empty net goal at the end. 
Vegas has scored the last three goals in this series. And I know a lot of people, and I know you guys mentioned it yesterday. I heard, I heard, you know? yeah, I heard your you, – you said this to me when we were switching out and you were coming in. And I heard you on the way home, and, it, and it's a good point. Yeah, I mean, Vegas has three goals in six periods or over six periods of hockey, if you want to look at it that way. Mm-hmm. If you're Minnesota, that's how you're looking at it. If you're Vegas, they have three goals in two periods, or really a period and a half. Right. They finally figured Talbot out a little bit, and the, because that last goal wasn't an empty net, they did beat him on that one as well. I think Vegas right now is confident, and I'm really curious to see how Talbot plays tonight because we know he didn't finish the season in very good form. He looked sensational in game one. He looked sensational for a game for you know a period and a half in the last game. But that Marshall goal, I'm still not sure that he shouldn't have stopped that. I'm not no, saying it was I, an easy save. But no, it's a great shot. But it, no, it's that's, a great one, shot. that's one he's got to stop. Yeah, but it's one that he, in he the playoffs you have to stop, especially when you look down at the other end of the ice and see the way Marc-Andre Fleury is playing. Hey, if you want to give us a call, 702-221-7283. And if you're into the letters thing, 221-SAVE. If you want to give us a shout. Like both goalies have been doing. Bingo. Very apropos for this series. Uh, Before we get to a call, though, the one thing I want to say, the Wild have only scored. They're thrilled. they got a split. They're going home. They've only lost five times at home. They've only saw Flurry once in two games. So I don't think Vegas exercised all the demons, but Vegas has to say, okay, we got – to me, I've said – with either of the goalies Vegas has, if you get to three, you should win. That that would be the mindset. It's like a road team in the NFL. Hold, hold, you go on the road, hold the home team to 17, you should win. And Vegas got the three. I wanted to see them get a little more and really exercise the demons. But now they're going to a building, they got to exercise those demons. And the Wild feel really good about themselves in this building. But the negative thing for the Wild, they got to find a way to solve Flurry. It's it's a real interesting dynamic where both teams have some things to be really happy about, but they still got chinks in the armor and stuff in the back of their head. Well, and the other negative thing for the Wild, too, if you want to look at it big picture, although they have pretty much owned Vegas there, the last two games when they played Minnesota, they remember Vegas had that big lead and they blew it. They scored five goals and then they fell apart. Is that going to happen with Marc-Andre Fleury playing in net? If Minnesota gets down a couple goals, I don't know that they can come back. And then they did win the last game there. It might not have been a regulation because we know they don't win a regulation. But the last two games in Minnesota, Vegas actually played well. Better, much better than they had in the past. Hey, Tony joins us on Vegas Hockey Island. Hi, Tony. How you doing? Hey, guys. How you doing? Stevie, thank you for getting the show back on track there. It started to feel like we were going to do the Lawrence Welk hour. <laughs> hey, 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 listen. Wait, wait a minute. Boston's one thing. I mean, if it was Perry Como, you'd have gone across the road into a propane truck. I was just getting ready to say, Mr. Blessing, I feel like you're one of the coolest old school guys in town. Please don't ever mention the three letters. PBS again. Good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. I, well, hey, honestly, Tony, all three of us, black and white TV, ABC, NBC, CBS, PBS, that was all you got. Rabbit ears. That's how old we are. I, yeah, I was three years old. I don't remember that. Okay, let's get to hockey. Go. One thing. I feel like, yeah, we won the game last time. It was They played pretty well uh, the second half of the game. We are in deep trouble in Minnesota because they're going to get last change 
and they we're going to get that fourth line stuck out there, and we are going to get dominated. I don't know what – there's nothing you can really do about it. They get last change. They got to get that fourth line off the ice, especially Reeves gets out there. He gets stuck out there. The rest of his line jumps off, and he stays. Next thing you know, he's out there with Stone and uh, – and, and not Carlson – Stone in the center. I can't think of his name right Stevenson. now. Stevenson. Stevenson. It's just I feel like we're in big trouble. We don't we don't match up well, especially in Minnesota. Look, I, Everson does have last change. I I think the Boar's a pretty good chess player. I I, I think he'll figure this out, and and that could it, it could happen. You know, once uh once in the in each of the two games up there, that the, the fourth line might, might get stuck out there. For a while, but I I don't think it's going to be a huge deal, Tony. I really but I, don't. I do think the the last change though. It, no, that's I, a, I, I would not sleep on this after select icing and guys are tired. When you can all of a sudden spring Caprice off on them, yeah, and and have that's a big edge. In in it, and honestly, in a series this close, something is. I, I wouldn't even say mundane, but something like that could ultimately be the difference in the series. I, I agree with that. Hey. Hey, Frank, best con- let's do one more music thing. Best concert I ever saw in 1989, Pearl Jam, the first time they came to Vegas at the Aladdin Theater for the Performing Arts. Thanks, guys. Uh, Tony, thank, thank you. Tony. Thank you. By the way, that was a great theater for the Performing Arts because yeah. the sound was absolutely incredible there. And, and Tony, I mean, he, he brought up some good points there. And the last change could play an effect. But you know what? Pete DeBoer has been coaching this game for a long, a time. long time. I mean, he's... He, he, he's got to be ready for that, too. He's got to make sure that something like that doesn't happen, or if it does, that you make it as short a period of time as possible and you have a game plan and a way to amend it. Because, yeah, they do have last change, but, okay, Vegas had last change in the first two games. They got a split out of it. Right. Well, I'm telling you, watch and how Vegas responds, and maybe it's them, and it could be. The first five minutes of this game tonight, when you when you get to a change of venue, is nuts, right? I mean, both teams want to survive the first five, six. I mean, somebody could really open. Either way, you'd have to lean Minnesota's way, you would think. But somebody could open this game up, you know, bam, bam, a couple of goals. And when Vegas in the first year, that was the kind of stuff they did. And now this is a team on the... On the rise, feeling their oats, you know, you got to watch out for that first five, six, seven minutes here. Well, and ironically, in this particular series, and I know it's only two games into it, but the team that's come out on fire hasn't been the one that won the games. I mean, Vegas dominated the first period in game one. Now, obviously, took it all the way to overtime, but they ended up losing. They were mirror mirror images of each other. Just Yeah, Minnesota came out of house on fire the last game, and they scored the first goal in the game. Then they didn't score again. And Marsha Scholl took the heart out of them when he scored that yeah. goal. That goal by Marsha Scholl was more than just the first goal and finally getting off the snide and getting a goal. Minnesota was still celebrating the goal, and they turned around, and all of a sudden, we dominated the first period. We've got the one nothing lead. And wait, what? All the work we've done, and we're right back to dead even? Yeah. And now, again... I'm not saying this is going to be the case because I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. If I did, I'd have hit the lottery a long time ago and I'd have retired. But we'd still be friends. Remember season one that nobody wants to talk about anymore, but I think all Vegas Golden Knights fans still do want to talk about it. But they don't want to talk about the final. Vegas won the first game. 
They scored the first goal in the second game. And then from that point on, it was lights out. It's adjustments and things like that in a series. Who makes the better adjustments? One of these teams could sweep the series from this point on. It could be either one of them. I don't know. And I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be a bit, little bit longer, deeper th- series. But after the first game and everybody, oh, the sky's falling. Minnesota owns us. They have our number. They won on a deflected shot off Martinez skate through the mm-hmm. five hole. Marc-Andre Fleury completely kept him in that last game. If you say well, you know so, what's so, going to happen, wait, wait a minute. nobody me... knows. Are the Golden Knights victims of expectations? So I just think they're an exceptionally good hockey team. I think there's way too many people that think these guys are the Central Red Army team. Oh, the, the fan base out they, here in they, Vegas, they, 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 they think that they should be playing for their fourth consecutive Stanley I, Cup. I would make the case to you right now, and it would not be popular, and I, and I could be wrong. But when you watch this stuff, you know, you know what happened in this division all year long and who they were playing. I'm watching Washington, Boston, Pittsburgh, and the Islanders, and I got news for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, you know, those are you ain't walking by those guys. Well, you, we you know what? Tampa you ain't Bay, by Tampa Bay, Florida, Tampa Bay, and Carolina. Sure. Hey, Florida, look at Florida. Isn't that was, did that before? Aren't they great? And Tampa Bay said, "Yeah, whatever." Right, Carolina may be better than all of them. And they won that division. It's not a fluke that they won it. In the in the toughest division in hockey, they were right there for the President's Trophy at the end as well. Vegas and Colorado had the advantage of cleaning up on the bottom feeders in this division. I just think the expectations are everybody wants to win the cup. I think the problem is instead of saying Vegas is a contender to win the cup, far too many people think Vegas should win the cup. It don't work that way. No, a lot of things have to happen. Alec Martinez, who the goal went off of in the first game, Won two Stanley Cups with the Kings. Remember the one that they won? And Kings fans will still tell you to this day that they were the most dominant team, one of the greatest teams in the history of hockey. They were the last team in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They won three game sevens on the road. They were down 3 nothing to San Jose in the first round and found a way to win. Martinez shot that knocked the Blackhawks out and sent them to the Stanley Cup final, bounced off like two or three guys. You know they weren't better than everybody else. They found a way to win. In a former life. We were down the street, right? We were we were doing the radio down the street, and I'll never forget. Paulie, our buddy Paulie Howard was doing an afternoon show, and I was on with him. And the Sharks were up three nothing, and I told him I said, I, and I said this, and he always always made a big deal about. It. I said, and this is when San Jose kept vomiting on themselves. Oh yeah, and it, they were up three nothing, and I said to Paulie, I said. Tonight's tough, I said, but I'm telling you, if the Kings win this game, they'll win the series because San Jose will unravel, and they did. Yeah. I mean, these games are high-octane, a lot of pressure, no margin for error. Well, just to back even more or piggyback on what you're saying about the fan base out here, I'm going to go back to season one again, the first playoff series they had. You listen to the Vegas Golden Knights fans. Dominant team. Four one-goal wins. Yeah. The closest sweep in the history of hockey. Yeah. The King. And you would think that they dominated and the Kings were garbage. 
Jonathan Quick losing four straight games could have been considered and should have been considered as the MVP of that series. Yeah. He kept him in it. Strange things happen in hockey. Hey, one injury, here, one here. bad bounce, anything can, here, and all here, of a sudden here, it's Mr. over. Mister, I've got cups on my resume. Scott Darling. I mean, the Blackhawks win a cup. I mean, Crawford couldn't stop a basketball. They turn to Scott Darling, who gets them out of the first round. They go win a cup against Nashville. Oh, oh, yep. Oh well, let's see. Wait a minute. Grubauer started the playoffs. How'd that end for Vegas when Holpe eventually showed up? Exactly. Absolutely, and and that's why I'm still curious to see how Grubauer can play throughout the series because what we've seen of him in the playoffs hasn't been that impressive. You don't know. The first Stanley Cup, and I know I'm a Blackhawk fan, and I don't want this to sound like Hawk Talk. So I'd love to do a show called <laughs> right, Hawk Talk. But the first Stanley Cup the Blackhawks won was the Anti Niemi. Mm-hmm. He's not a Hall of Fame goalie. He went to San Jose, and the Hawks were kind of like, okay, go ahead. We'll find somebody else. We win by our offense in that. All the Stanley Cups that Detroit won were because of the offensive firepower and decent, respectable goaltending in a lot of cases. Yeah, I mean, Hashik was at the end of his career. Yeah, and then you, if you have a dominant goalie, you can go a lot of places like you know with uh-huh. Buffalo and the Dominator. I remember Richard Brodeur, not Marty Brodeur's father or nothing like that, when he took the Vancouver Canucks the all the Devils way The Devils were like watching paint dry, but they had the goalie. Yeah, well, they had the goalie, and they had so much other talent. Brodeur didn't have to be spectacular, but no. he was certainly they had good the enough. wing line. Yeah, and he had so much talent around him. But like you said, the expectations here, This I truly think they think that they should be going for the fourth Stanley Cup. Well, we made it to the final the first year. Then, of course, the major, not a major thing. Well, guess what? Colorado had a five-minute major last night. They gave it one goal on it. They didn't lose the game because of it. Well, they're always looking for the excuses yeah, well, to lose. A, and I get it. They're fans. There's a thing called a timeout. Oops. Stevie remembers that, I hope. Well, if Gerard Gallant would have had Chris Webber on his coaching staff, he would have known about the timeout. Stevie, we were on my patio (laughs) sitting here. The light wasn't even done spinning. I said, timeout. I was saying the same thing. I'm like, what are you doing? They're high-fiving, going, that's the first one. That's the second one. You guys got screwed. Bad call, blah, blah, blah. Calm down. Come on. We're murdering these guys. Calm down. Catch your breath. Two goals later, timeout. Okay. Hey, Mike's on the or I'm no I'm yeah Mike's here. Who the heck is this? It's Mike. Yes, he is. Hi, Mike. <laughs> I, I don't make us rehash April twenty third, twenty nineteen. He knows again. the date. <laughs> he knows the day of oh, infamy. Oh God! It's the worst day of my life, other than the Don Denkinger call on October twenty sixth, nineteen eighty five. Those are the two worst days of my life. Come on. Uh, by the way, you're welcome, Brian. I spent an entire afternoon on the phone 25 years ago getting that save number. I couldn't. The phone company didn't have anything with SAVE, and I finally found one for you. <laughs> well done. And it's so apropos for a hockey show. By, by the way, if, 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 if your team losing a hockey game is one of the worst days of your life, you've probably had a pretty good life. <laughs> um, yeah, no go. argument. I, I, no argument. Glasses half full there, <laughs> baby. Look at that, Frank, coming up with a rose. <laughs> two, two things are rather important to me. One, I have no idea. You please help me. It came up last night for the first time in the playoffs. If you have a second overtime in a hockey game, does the team, does the home team, get last change at the end of the first or any subsequent overtime? 
No, the home home team gets the last change all the time. Yeah, they get the whole. Yeah, it's it's just whether it's the period of the long change. The first overtime, remember, is like the fourth period of the game. So it's it's the long change, but it, but last change for the players, the home team gets. Yeah. Okay. So whatever number, like last year's four overtime game, a, uh, yeah, home team all the time. Yeah, they they have it the, the entire okay. game, whether it's the regulation three periods or whether it goes to five overtimes. And then just philosophically speaking for Brian, I, I watched my father live 80 years on this planet as the greatest Cub fan I ever knew mm-hmm. and never saw a world championship. So some of us are not young enough to wait long enough for the, the nights to actually come to fruition and raise the cup. How do you manage expectations as a Buffalo Sabre fan for 50 years? How do you do it? I was just going to say I'm a Bills and Sabres fan. Um well, that's what a fan is, right? I mean, you stick with them. It's frustrating oh, yeah. as hell, but you're going to appreciate that day when it comes, God willing. I mean, Frank, I mean, the Cubs, have, like you said, his dad, the Cubs eventually. Oh, yeah, no. Hey, I, the I, Red I, Sox eventually yeah, won. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, believe me, I'd be on the first flight back just to go back and hug friends and all the pain and angst and anguish we've had over the years if that day ever comes. Uh, I'd be hitting the hyperspace button to get back there. <laughs> Do you ever have a year when you went into the season saying, Hasek is the best goalie, we've got the right team, we're going to win this year? Did well, that happen? Well, every year yeah. I went in saying, not only was Hasek the best goalie, he's the best goalie ever. Yeah. <laughs> well, there is a reason they called him the Dominator. Well, it just it seems like this is a year that the Knights could be that good. I don't know if it's going to happen, but that's that's the reason expectations are so ridiculously high at this point, I think. Well, and DeBoer brought up a great point today, Mike. And, and you know, like I asked him, the getting out of Dodge mentality, because he brought up the, and there's really truth to it. When you watch a team go play a great road game and they win a game 3-2 on the road and they played really well and you're doing great, and then they come home and lose 5-1 at the back end of a road trip, it's like everything you did fundamentally sound when you're on the road. Now you get home and you're trying to impress the fans and you get away from what worked. Going to Minnesota, albeit they've not had success there, they should really embrace their the villain and the fundamental aspect of it and the bonding and galvanize the group. And he said yes. He said, our plan is to come in here and play a smart, sound road game. And hockey cliches, Frank, two goal leads the best and you know or the worst. But playing a smart road game, that's a real thing. I mean, how you play fundamentally. Oh, absolutely. You can silence the crowd. You can take it out of it. Their boos become cheers. There's a lot of different things. You're on the road. It's literally you against the world. There's some players that prefer being on the road because nobody back home is bugging them for tickets. They're not worrying about what are the wife and kids doing, where am I going to dinner, or this, that, or the other stuff. You just concentrate on hockey. It's you and the rest of the guys. As much as you get a bounce off uh, in your step and the crowd noise, and you get a goal and you want to get another, or the crowd spurs you on, let me tell you, players will tell you, they maybe get an even bigger bounce in their step when they hear silence. 
on the oh, road, yeah. and they hear the angst, and they they see the crowd getting antsy, and maybe even they start booing the home team. I mean, you maybe get a bigger push from that than you do from your own fans. Oh, yeah. If you got them booing the home team, then you really have them. But just like like you said, you're down a goal, and the crowd is rampant, and they're cheering on their team, and then you get that goal, whether it's a greasy goal, a beautiful shot, a breakaway, whatever, however it gets there, and all of a sudden that crowd goes from level 100 on the noise meter down to nothing, and there's crickets, that is a huge win. All of a sudden, the only one's cheering. I've, I've gone to watch when I had my season tickets to the Blackhawks years ago, obviously years ago. But we would go on road trips, and it was weird when the Hawks would score a goal and we'd be in Minnesota or down in St. Louis, and you jump up and cheer because that's your mentality, and you realize, well, there's 20,000 people here, and we're the only four in the building that are cheering. But you get noticed in that, and it's almost like, but there's something about that that makes it almost even more surreal. Like, yeah, right there, buddy. We're, I don't care where we are. We're going to take you. When you can silence an entire stadium, that's powerful. I think for me, w- w- with the Knights and the, the way that the team is built, I, I, I like it when they're on road. I wish they played road games at home. Sometimes to me, it's too much east-west, too much fancy passing, too much overpassing. We right? always talk go, about that. Go north-south. Get to the red line, dump it in, and go get it. I, I like start when, games I, that way. I think they if, play if, better when they play that way. If you start games that way and you get the lead, then you tilt the ice because things as a result of it. Michael, thank you for the call as always. By the way, John Davidson back with Columbus, president of hockey operations. I mean, Good hockey people don't become dumb overnight. I think the owner in New York is dumb. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, good hockey people don't come dumb overnight, but dumb hockey people don't become geniuses <laughs> overnight either, you know? You, you, they, they can give you a scholarship or an award or something like that. If you make a big donation, it doesn't mean you earned it. <laughs> Davidson's got his, his work cut out for him now. He, he's, uh, you know, they, they have line A, and, and uh, Dubois is gone, and now the coach is gone. So he's he's got well, work a, to do it, there. I mean, it's close. It's close to a rebuild. Yeah, there's I, a lot of work to do, but sometimes you got to tear it down. I I, th- I think it is a rebuild. How, do you think Line A ever gets it together again? Is he ever a 30-goal scorer again? I don't know because because I don't know. I'm not around that team, and you hear the stuff that maybe he's not the greatest in the locker room, maybe he's not the greatest teammate and that sort of stuff. And if you don't want to play, you know, there's the old adage, and I know we've all seen it and said it, and that, you know, when you play for the name on the front of the jersey, the name on the back of the jersey takes care of itself. I'm not sure that Line A always plays for the name on the front of the jersey. Right. And and if your teammates don't think you're there with them and you're just caring about you, then they're probably, you know, if there's an empty net goal or something like that available and you don't see them passing the puck to get that or something, like last night you saw McKinnon get the hat trick. Right. His teammates like him. Right. You know? By the way, if, that was very good. Say that again. That was a that was a very good that's a very good hockey cliche. What's that? The name on the front and back. Yeah, yeah that's it, a good it, one. It, yeah, if you play for the name on the front of the jersey, the name on the back of the jersey will take care of itself. You're going to get the accolades. You're going to get the money. You're going to get the respect. You're going to get endorsements. You're going to get a lot of things. Put me in, coach. <laughs> Ballpark, I'm in. <laughs> I'll skate through a wall for you, baby. I'm a, well, used to call me Kamikaze when I was younger because uh, I was no one. <laughs> All right, here's uh, real quick. Adam S. Cutner on the power play tonight. Tickets to a future Golden Knights game. You got a chance on Twitter. 
John Smith subs, 20% off. Go in and ask for the hockey or for the hat, hat trick special. The hat, hat trick, trick special. special. Get the fries. Fries are money. Don't go chips. Get a Get sandwich, fries. fries, a drink, 20% off. Hat trick special. And spin the wheel of Terrible Herbs on home days for the VGK game day giveaway. Now, the big boy news. We're really stoked about this. Let's get through these games. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. Let's see how big game fives can be pivotal. Let's see how pivotal it is. But we're going to be in Club Madrid, Sunset Station. Doors open at 6 Monday night. We'll have prizes, food, and drink specials. The game's going to be on there. A lot of fun, a lot of hooting and hollering. Thanks to Chuck Esposito. Come on out. We've missed everybody. It's been so long. And we're ready for another hockey watch party. Club Madrid, Sunset Station, Monday night. We'll tell you more about it. But don't forget, it's a home game. But come on out. We're going to have a great time. It's going to be a lot of fun. You know what the best part of today's show was? We didn't have to talk about a goalie controversy. Because we know it's Marc-Andre Fleury. Thank God we could just talk hockey. Boy, did the Boar's job just get easier. (laughs) (laughs) And Alan Wolf. But it's still, still, I mean, the big suspenseful finish could still be out there, though. Could be. (laughs) Could be a... False positive or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're on with TC for the next few hours. We appreciate you coming in at VGK Frank on Twitter, at Stevie Slapshot. Follow me at Brian Blessing. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll play it again. Uh, out at Sunset tomorrow. Tomorrow will be out at Sunset Station with Steve Carp. Monday, Pat McAletti will join us again from Minnesota. Cool. Now, didn't forget our friend Pat. This is great fun. Thanks to the callers. Thanks to Frank Harnish. Thanks to Stevie. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the game, folks. Let's see how it all shakes out. And we'll be out at Sunset Station tomorrow. TC and our pal Bar Park. Ballparks. He's not going anywhere.